Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, it's time to take care of business. Hey, Dan Miller here. We're going to be talking about your life, your work, the kind of things that matter to you. You know, it's not just about work, but it's about life as well. In setting goals, a lot of you have done the Michael Hyatt Best Year Ever program. A lot of you have done, use the worksheets that we provide. But in laying out what you want to accomplish in 2015, I hope you're clear on what you want to accomplish, not just in career and finances, but also in those other areas as well. You know, I've been talking a lot about a 10x return. I talk about, you know, think about 10 times your results. Well, that's not always about just more dollars in the bank. How would you like to be 10 times more fulfilled or have 10 times more peace or have 10 times better relationship with your spouse or your kids. I mean, those are reasonable areas as well. I hope it's clear when I talk about being more successful that it's not just about making more money. Well, we're going to have fun with that and a whole lot more. Hey, one of our partners today for today's show is my friends at Harry's. I'm going to be talking about Harry's. That's harrys.com, the razor. I don't know how they got the domain. You know, I'm surprised somebody didn't get that years and years ago. Of course, Harry's has been around a while, but Harrys.com. If you go there and just use 48 days as your promo code, you'll get a substantial discount on your first purchase. I'm going to be telling you about what one of our listeners did in connection with Harry's in a little bit as well. Just one of those really cool developments that I could have never anticipated. Well, here's our theme for today. Now, you may recognize this because I talked about it already, but I got so much response about it. I'm going to make it our theme for today. Do you really not have a choice? We're going to talk about that a little bit more. And I got a quotation that we'll use to clarify that a little bit more in a way that maybe you've never thought of. Now, here's some of the questions we'll be looking at today. Dan, how do I get over my fear of starting Dan, I'm afraid I stayed in one place so long that I lost my identity. Ouch. Boy, that's a common malady where we think we reward loyalty and all of a sudden somebody looks up after 20 years and don't know what their dreams are anymore. Lost sense of who they are. Yep, it can happen. Um, Do you believe an apprentice-style entry-level position in coaching is possible to find or create? Here's one. I love this. Dan, if I use the concepts in 48 days now, will I secure a job before graduation? Yes. If you want a job before graduation, yes, you will. Yes. If you use those principles, you can get a job tomorrow. Well, we'll talk about that. Here's one. Is it a good idea to try growing a band and also growing a side business? Now, obviously, I guess the implication is that You know, I'm not going to make any money with a band, so what am I going to do to make money? Well, I know that's kind of a quandary. Hey, I live in Nashville, Tennessee, in Franklin, Tennessee, just south of Nashville, where it's a hotspot for musicians. Everybody plays, and people will play for nothing. I mean, I get countless requests for people to come and play at events that we have here at the sanctuary. I've never had anybody ask me for money. They just want an opportunity to play. Certainly nothing wrong with that. We'll talk about that a little bit. Well, here's our quotation. Now, remember I said, do you really not have a choice? This comes from Seth Godin, who this was his Christmas blog, incidentally, where he said, 
I had no choice actually means I had only one path that was easy in the moment. Now, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. I'll, I'll leave that for a little bit. I'll just let that stew for a little bit. I had no choice actually means I had only one path that was easy in the moment. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Harry's before we go into our success stories. Got some exciting things there I want to share with you and then lots of questions. But Harry's, you know, we've been working with them for quite some time now because I am a user. This didn't come out. I was using their product long before we started telling you all about it here officially. But Harry's, this is a razor done better. This is different than what you find at CVS or Walgreens. Trust me. The way it fits your hand, the way it slides over your face, the multiple blades. I mean, it's just, I mean, I'm, I, I'm actually, I'm one of those guys that I don't think I could grow a beard if I tried to, but I never, I never have had a beard, but for what little I've got, Harry's is the bomb. I don't, can't imagine not having that. They got some new products out there at this point. They got a new foaming shave gel. They sent me some of that. I mean, this stuff, this stuff, remember, well, you know, I'm a car guy. Remember STP? I mean, I guess it's still out there. That stuff, that really thick stuff that you put in your car to just make it run really smooth. You know, it reminds me of that. The shaving gel, when I put it on my face, whoa, that stuff is really slick. That's what it is. Anyway, check it out. Check it out for yourself. Harrys.com. Use the promo code 48 days. You get a $5 discount on your purchase. And we're only talking 15, 20 bucks Get in the game here. I'm hearing from lots of people. Now, I am hearing from lots of people. Now, I don't have all the details on this yet, but I had a young lady send me some pictures. She got a Harry's kit for her husband. He made a little walnut stand for it, and it's really beautiful. Now, he wants to make those stands for other people where to hold your Harry's razor, hold fingernail file, nail clippers, those kind of things. But it's really cool. I'll somehow, I'll have to put up a picture. We'll put up a picture on our website when we get a little more details on it. But I love this kind of follow through where somebody says, hey, not only did I get it, but here's something we did to make the idea even better. So I'll be telling you about that. Well, here's some success stories. Now, the first one comes from Aaron, Aaron Eddington, who says to, he sent it to Seth Godin and to me, Dan. I'm truly grateful to both you, Mr. Godin, and you, Mr. Miller, for your daily inspiration. In a world that can be a constant stream of gloom and doom, if one chooses, you and other heroes in my life respond with a simple question, so now what are you going to do about it? And then you give me the tools to take action. For this, I am more grateful to you than you will ever know. All the best. Aaron. Well, I I love that. I love the fact that he sees that we do have a choice. That's one of the reasons I want to come back to that quotation. We do have a choice. Now think about that for a little bit. The idea that we do have a choice. How often do you hear people say, well, I didn't have any choice. Well, of course I have to get up and go to that stinking job on Monday morning. I don't have any choice. Well, guess what? That's not really true. Of course you have a choice. You can choose not to go to that job tomorrow. Now you may be thinking, well, good. I'm not going to have any income. I'm going to lose insurance. My family needs that. Well, then you are making the choice to go, but don't back yourself into a corner and allow yourself to say, I don't have any choice. You always have a choice. (laughs) You can be, 
I can't think of anything, you know, that is more pressing than the kind of inquiries we get, the kind of comments we get that, wow, I'm trapped. I can't do anything. I can't, I'm too old. I'm too young. I don't have the right degree. I'm trapped. I don't have any choice. Oh my goodness. We can make a list of 20 things you can do in the next five minutes that would break you out of where you are if you really feel entrapped. But just recognize how that, how it disempowers you when you say, I don't have any choice. If you really believe that, then you're just a robot going through the motions. I can't think of any situation that you can describe where you would not have a choice as to what your response was. And as Seth says, usually what that means is I only had one path that was easy in the moment. I mean, sure, something may come to mind as the easiest option, but you can choose other kinds of things. Never are you trapped like that. Well, let's go to some more success stories here. This one comes. Now, I'm going to give you a little piece here from Aaron Walker. Got another Aaron today. But Aaron Walker, who wrote a blog post, he doesn't know I'm sharing this, but I, I really wanted to put it in the success category because it was such a cool kind of thing. But he talks about the best Black Friday he ever had. And this was back, you know, he was remembering back, but I mean, this was, would have been the day, what, after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, or the day after, I think it was the day after Thanksgiving when he actually did this, but he's got four grandkids. He had been asked to watch two of his grandsons, five and seven years old, so that the mom and grandma could go shopping. And he was fine with doing that, looking forward to it. And then right before they were going to go, his other daughter's babysitter fell through and he ended up watching her daughters ages six and 12. So he had grandchildren ages five, six, seven, and 12. And I'll just, I'll just give you a, a brief summary here of what he did. But he, he thought, you know, golly, he could take him to Chuck E. Cheese, you know, let him play video games or just let him play in his game room in his big house. You know, there's all kinds of things he could do. And he thought, no, let's make this different. So he decided he was going to spend the day again with grandkids, five, six, seven, and 12 years old doing random acts of kindness. Now think about the impact on these kids with what he did. So they went to Waffle House for an early morning breakfast and uh, they selected two adults who were eating alone and secretly summoned their checks from the waitress. He says, what a fun time to watch as they tried to figure out what was going on. All the while, my four grandkids were smiling ear to ear, trying not to look their way. So they picked up the checks for a couple people. And then without, without ever them ever knowing without the people whose bill they picked up ever knowing what happened, isn't that a fun thing to do? He says, then they went by a quick stop to Walmart, picked up a dozen boxes of chocolate and a dozen toys. Our first stop was at the Senior Citizens Assistant Living Center, where we spent the next hour doting over the most precious senior citizens on the planet. We went from table to table inquiring about each one and their occupation before entering their retirement years. Each person had a unique story and loved visiting with the kids. What a special group of people. Of course, they gave them all boxes of chocolate. A few short miles down the road is the Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, where we met with the Children's Service Department and once again anonymously distributed the toys. He says, I sincerely mean what I'm about to say. We never had such an awesome day together. My grandchildren talked the remainder of the day about the wonderful time they had doing random acts of kindness. This post is not intended to brag. It's intended to encourage. There are countless opportunities before us to bless others. And he says, everyone's smile will forever be on my mind. 
But think about the impact on kids to introduce them to doing that. I mean, jo- Joanne and I were just in Chicago, our annual trip right before Christmas. We always go. And, and it provides a unique opportunity. I mean, we live in kind of a bubble here in Franklin, Tennessee, granted. And I, I don't know that I've ever seen a homeless person begging on the street, you know, in downtown Franklin. But in Chicago at Christmas time, yeah. I mean, every five feet, they're there. What, what I do is I look for the really creative signs. And I like to talk to the people. I mean, we don't walk by hoping that we don't make eye contact. We just approach it differently. Now, Joanne has always struggled with people who are in need. I mean, she'd give them the shirt off her back and many times has done, in essence, that over the years. But she's always been a giver. And so it's very difficult for her to see somebody in need and not help them. And she doesn't make judgments about, gee, they're probably going to use the money to go get beer. She She doesn't make those kind of judgments if they're, and needy and look needy. She wants to help them. So here's, here's what I do. No, I don't know. This is just what I do, but it can't be open-ended. Obviously. I mean, I don't want her to sign over the title to the car or the deed to the house or, you know, so we just budget for that. And what I do when we go to Chicago like this year is get $200 in small bills. So fives, tens, twenties, $200. And I tell Joanne, I'm going to have that in a separate pocket in my coat. And it, whenever you want to, we can give it all to one person. You can give it to a dollar to 200 people. You can do it any way that you want to. And then when that's gone, then that's what we've allocated for that. That has made that really an easy part of that trip that we do. So I don't have to feel like the bad guy by saying, gee, there's just, you know, I don't want to give any more money away. So we just allocate for it in advance. Boom. And then we talk to the people and have a good time. We hear some really interesting stories and some really sincere stories from people about the position that they happen to be in right now. And we don't make judgments about that. Gee, if you just get out and get a job, there are people hiring right down the street. Why don't you, you know, it, there's just not enough time to make that kind of significant change in a person's life. But it's just another way to interact with them, not trying to ignore them. I mean, we had talked to a guy who had a sign. He said, to all those prestigious people out there, thank you for your generosity. Had a couple of words misspelled, but I thought, golly, what an interesting sign to use words like that. But we, again, talked to some interesting people. And I hope you find interesting ways, unique ways that you are doing random acts of kindness in your own world. Now, I mentioned last week that I wanted to talk for just a minute about the beginner's mind. We're here at the beginning of a year, and it's uh, there's an important concept. It actually is a Zen concept that talks about the beginner's mind, which just means that all we wipe the slate clean and assume that anything is a possibility. And that's really a great starting point. We very quickly assume some things can't be done. It can't be done that way. It's never been done that way before. But this principle called the beginner's mind implies if your mind is empty, it's always ready for anything. It's open to everything. And to extend this a little bit, there's a quotation that says, in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities, but in the expert's mind, there are few. Now, I've seen that played out a whole lot of times. Sometimes the most difficult coaching clients I encounter have multiple advanced degrees. And then what happens in times of change is that they see their options as very limited. I mean, how can a dentist see anything as a possibility for him except fixing people's teeth? How can a doctor 
consider anything other than just being in the practice of medicine in some way. And thus, in a beginner's mind, I mean, if I have somebody who doesn't have those high-level degrees, we come up with a whole lot of possibilities. And frankly, a lot of times, possibilities that would be good fit for the doctor, the dentist, the engineer, the pastor, those people as well. And yet, it's difficult for them to consider it. They close their mind to it. So keep a beginner's mind. I mean, watch a four-day-old, I mean, a four-year-old, like I've got grandkids running around, you know, the little two-year-old that I've got here right now in transition from Africa to Brazil. My goodness. I mean, you see how she approaches a box of blocks or walk down the lane. Look at the multiple uses. She can pick up a spoon and it's, it's not just a tool for getting soup to your mouth. It might be a rocket ship, a lever, a part of a train or uh, something to snuff out a candle. I mean, think about the multiple things that a little child can see where we may only see one solution. So just have a beginner's mind. I mean, don't let whatever education you have, don't let it blind you to uncomplicated possibilities. Sometimes you need the input of somebody who uh, doesn't have all the preconceived ideas that goes into a whole lot of areas. But anyway, just my encouragement to have a beginner's mind in given situations. Well, this comes from Lexi who says, Dan, I have an education and work background in event management and I'm seeking opportunities to intern with or assist a small business coach in my location. I want to see in action whether or not this is a viable career option for me beyond the fact that many of my friends and networking relationships notice and voice what they believe is the natural personality and talent for advising and guiding small business teams and leaders to run efficient relationship and community focused workplaces. Do you believe an apprentice style entry level position in coaching is possible to find or create? How do you advise those curious about coaching to try to try it out? Well, here's one of the challenges when you talk about finding an opportunity as an intern to work with a small business coach. A lot of small business coaches don't have big organizations, so it may be just that person or they may have a couple virtual assistants and that's it. So it's a little harder to get kind of an apprentice style opportunity there. And based on the fact that most coaching relationships are confidential as well, it's a little hard to bring along a third party and say, well, this young person is just wanting to figure out if they're a candidate to be a coach, though they're just going to sit in. It kind of changes the dynamics when you have a third party there. I've never done that. Even, even when I'm, um, when I'm working with people and when they're going through our coaching mastery program, as an example, I don't sit in personally. I review with them the details. I don't have to know the name of the person, but I review with them the details of what they're working on as we work through them becoming a more competent coach. But I don't actually go in. I don't watch through a one-way, you know, two-way mirror, any of those kind of things. I think it's hard to do in this situation. I think you can study coaching. You can talk to coaches. You can visit with them. But it's and at some point, it's not that difficult to just try it. And what I mean by that is if you're in college and you got three friends who are having challenges in particular, I say, I'd like to, you know, sit down and just experiment coaching with you. I mean, that's they're certainly open to that. I would encourage you to do that. But if you're going to be an intern, it really needs to be a large enough company so you can get a variety of experience experiences and can work with a team. Now, here's a question that's kind of related to that. Jason says. 
I need your advice, guidance, slap in the face if I'm thinking incorrectly. Seven months ago, I was recruited to start and run a digital marketing agency connected to an established business. I'm 26 years old. I made the decision for these reasons, stable enough to support my family, a wife and one child, while being on the ground floor. Uh, Since I want to start my own business, this is a great way to gain that experience. That's why I mentioned it in relative to the previous question, because it's almost like being an intern or at least learning on their nickel which is a really viable, legitimate way to learn about getting ready to start your own business. So he says, I can learn, you know, on their gain experience here at sales network, networking, marketing, and so on. Showing how I built this division will do well on my resume. So here's where I need guidance. This company has zero culture. My associates are not very passionate about the industry and my boss seems to only care about signing new clients. There's little innovation, inspiration, and mentoring. I'm a lone wolf. I'm essentially on my own. I love working with a team. I love brainstorming, building off each other and all working together to get it done. I miss the camaraderie of building something together. I believe that innovative and inspiring company culture and engaging team members are essential elements in work that is fulfilling. Two elements that my current gig is lacking. I am and always will find innovation and inspiration in books, blogs, and podcasts that I consume on a daily basis, but I would like to work in a place that offers the same. What do you think I should do? And what should be my perspective? If I am just being wimpy, just give me a good splash of proverbial cold water. Thanks again, Dan. Well, Jason, I don't think it's unreasonable to recognize that where you are isn't a great place to be. I mean, it's not a good fit, but here's what I would recommend that you do. You've been there seven months. That's a pretty short period of time. I would recommend that you shoot for the one year mark, put in one year there. Five months will go by really quickly. And in that five months, get really clear on what it is that you want to do. Now you've obviously got two real clear paths here. You say that you really want to run your own business. You're 26 years old. Um, probably you've had a couple jobs prior to this. If you get a, a year here, see what they've done, see all the things you could do better. It may put you right in a position to start your own business. If not, then at least you'll have on your resume that you worked for this company for a year so that you don't leave so quickly that it kind of tarnishes, you know, that jump. Learn what you can. I mean, it's not ideal. So I'm not going to give you a proverbial slap in the face by any means. I think you're wise to recognize, you know, this place doesn't have a corporate culture that is, is healthy. And it's certainly not something you're going to continue over the long haul. But here we are in January. Wow. Give yourself till the end of May or whatever. You know, just give yourself a timeline. See that year coming. But in the meantime, get really clear on whether you are going to start your own business or you're going to look for another position. And it'll give you time to really get clear on that. Do a great job search and be ready to go. Now, I want to play you a clip here. This, this clip is from Merle Miller. And, and it's so typical. I don't even know what business he's talking about, but it doesn't matter because it's going to resonate with a whole lot of you who are having the same kind of feelings. So check this out. Hey, Dan, this is Merle Miller from Missouri. I have, it's uh, New Year's Eve, about 10.30 p.m., so Happy New Year's to you. My question to you is, I have a desire to go start my own business, which I actually have started it. But um, just at the, I have a slight fear in my heart of just stepping out there and doing it, yet I know it can be done. 
So my question is, how do I overcome that, or do I just not have a big enough why, or any advice would be much appreciated. I'm, I'm looking for something to to get a burning desire in my heart to, to just go get it done and make it happen and um, having a ball at it, you know, rather than then wondering, should I do it? Which I, it's not like I wonder if I should do it. It's just I, I, I guess I sort of see I have a security that I'm leaving. So, um, yeah, I just need to need some advice on that. Thank you. And I listen to your podcast on a weekly basis. That's how I start out my week on Monday morning. Thank you, Dan. Well, Merle, thanks for your question there, because it is such a pervasive question. You know you can do something on your own. You stick your toe in the water, and yet you feel like you're walking away from safety and security. How are you going to make this work? Well, there's two components to this. There's actually more than that, but let's just look at a couple. One is, what you perceive as safety and security is an illusion. If you're working for a company, and I'm not just diminishing the value of having a job, but don't ever think that you have safety and security there. I mean, I have worked with way too many people over the years who thought they had that only to end up that it was not there at all. I mean, the guys who were working at Saturn, many had moved here from other areas where they were working for General Motors, came here with Saturn, and then all of a sudden Saturn says, ah, this isn't working, we're going to close this down. Well, those guys didn't believe it. They really did not believe it. Many of them were in total denial right up to the last minute. They thought, now nah, this is too big to fail. The government will step in. Roger Penske was negotiating for it. Well, no, nobody wanted to take over what had been created there. And so they, in fact, closed it down. 2,300 people on the street the next day. They closed it two days before Thanksgiving. Those people thought they had safety and security because they were with a really big recognized company had been there. Many of them had been with the same company for 30 years. Well, no, I mean, safety and security come from you knowing what it is that you do well. Now you've heard me talk before about the fact that if you have your own little company and you have 10 customers, you have just increased your security dramatically where you no longer have just one customer who can put you on the street tomorrow. But now you have 10. So if you lose one, you still have 90% of your business. You just replace that one and keep going. Now that's just the perspective. And that is the perspective, incidentally, that people who end up as very wealthy people have. They view the issue of security in exactly the opposite way that most Americans do. They see working for a company as a very risky kind of thing, whereas doing something on your own that you know you can do well as having a whole lot of safety and security and stability. So again, I don't know what it is that you're doing, Merle. Now, if you're doing something that you really do love doing and you're already starting to do that, success breeds success. There's nothing like a little bit of success. Boy, a happy customer, a job completed where you got paid and you see what happened there. There's nothing like that to give you the confidence to keep moving forward. So I would encourage you to do that. If you're able to keep your current job and do this on the side, then my goal usually is, can you get to the point where you're generating 50% of your current income in your side job. If you can do that and do that in a reasonable period of time, if you can do that in, in three to six months, then I say you're on the right track to go ahead and leave your job and make that work. Again, by then you ought to be seeing that this is something you really enjoy doing. Customers respond in a positive way. Boom. Just go ahead and do it. Now hear me in this. I'm not telling everybody to quit their job. 
I'm saying you just need to know what your best options are. And if you have the option to do your own business, you have the desire, you have something that brings unique value to the work, to the marketplace. People who don't do that end up regretting it. I, I don't hear people who started their own business say it. Oh, I wish I would have stayed in my job for another five years. You know what I hear? Of course. All I hear is, oh, I wish I would have done that five years ago. I wish I would have started sooner. So just at any point in your work life, know what your options are. Choose the best one. Hold your head high. Do it with excellence. But again, recognize you have choices. Believe me. But getting over the fear, I mean, it's it's something that we're never going to get over totally. I mean, there are times when I'm starting something new. I'm always starting something new in my own company. And I don't have the guarantee that it's going to work. But it doesn't mean that it's risky because I have enough track record to know that I'm probably headed in the right direction. I mean, entrepreneurs are not big risk takers. They're people who carefully plan and look at what it is that they're going to bring to the table. They know what it is they do well already. And with a plan of action on that, that's not risky. There may be some uncertainty, certainly, but it's not risky. Well, this comes from Claire who says, I recently resigned my job in banking after 28 years. I felt I was dying a slow death and was desperate for a change. I'm so proud that I had the courage to take action and start a new chapter. I'm still fairly young in my late forties and plan to take this, take time this next year to decompress and figure out what to do next. I plan to do some volunteer work and networking to figure things out. I have no desire whatsoever to do anything related to lending or finance. I'm afraid I stayed in one place for so long that I lost my identity and forgot what my interests are. I think I might enjoy doing some humanitarian work. I sponsor a child in Zambia. would like to go there someday. I like photography, but everyone's a photographer these days. Any advice is appreciated. Thank you. Well, Claire, it's not unusual that having been in one position, one industry for 28 years, that you really have a sense that you kind of lost track of who you are. I mean, it's kind of like the old frog in the kettle analogy. You know, we we're told that if a frog is put into hot water, he jumps out. But if he's put in lukewarm water and you turn the heat up slowly, he'll sit there and cook to death. Now, again, that, that kind of describes a lot of people. Now, fortunately, you, you jumped out of the pot for whatever initiated that you got out. But the fact that you were there 28 years, a lot of changes happened. And they're in those little subtle ways. You may have lost sense of what your original dreams are. Taking a break like you are is a great way to get in touch with those dreams again, doing things that you've never done before. I mean, doing some volunteer work, traveling internationally, you know, picking up a camera and doing some photography. I mean, going, rowing down a river. I mean, do, do things that are going to force you to have experiences that you've not done before, but don't leave this just open-ended. I mean, this isn't something that needs to take a year. If you do that for 30 days, you know, read some books you've not read before, go to a concert that you've never gone to before, you know, talk to some people who have differing political views than yours or different faith than yours. You know, those things can help kind of help you bring to the forefront. Aha, this is when I'm really alive. This is what I really believe. This is what I'm really passionate about. And in doing that, then you can get clear and revive, revitalize those original passions that you had. I mean, this, this is not a matter of bringing in something new. It's a matter of rediscovering what's already there. 
mean, I believe we're born with those passions that can get kind of brushed over, covered over with weeds and leaves and brush along the way. But I think it's there to be rediscovered and just initiating some change in your life is often a way to stimulate rediscovering those. Great question. Well, Khalid says, as a listener and big fan from Germany, I would like to ask you about your job hunting process that you described in 48 Days to the Work You Love. In my job hunting process, I'm having trouble contacting key persons that I want to send my letter of introduction to. My goal is to work as a medical liaison for pharmaceutical companies in the U.S. and Canada. Firstly, I found out the important key persons in each company, mostly on their company website and on the about us page, vice president and other people are shown there. However, there are no email contact addresses. Would you suggest that I should send these persons an overseas postal mail and then follow up with the CV also via postal mail and which person there should I select to contact? Yes. Yes. Now I, I really think that it is, it's a great idea to send a postal package in these days of, you know, social media and easy to reach out to somebody on the internet. Keep in mind, it's still seen as invasive to contact somebody, especially somebody in a big company where you, their first contact from you is just via email. Something that comes in the mail is still seen as very, very professional and is still more likely to get you that initial door opening. So yes, that's the process that I lay out in a brand new version of 48 days. Now, in terms of the person, when it's a big company, if we're talking about Pfizer or, you know, one of the big pharmaceutical companies that are out there, you may identify five people in the same company. Don't worry about making the contact. Don't think they're going to get together at lunch and say, hey, you know, that guy, Khalid, you know, he sent me his resume. What do you think? It's not going to happen. I mean, it doesn't matter if that happens, it'll do nothing but help you, but don't be afraid about identifying. If you aren't sure who a decision maker would be for what you're describing, don't be afraid to identify three, four five different people and send it to them. So it may be the VP, the COO, it may be the, um, the sales director. I mean, you just go ahead and make it multiple people, but yes, have your initial contact be via postal mail. Best way to do it. Always, always, always didn't change that in the new version of 48 days. I still believe that's the best way for an initial contact. Well, Hey, good time for me to take a deep breath there, clear my throat and remind you if you want to shoot a question in, I'd love to hear your unique question. Hey, these are questions that I can't dream up. Believe me. And I appreciate getting them. So just go to the 48 days.com site. Click on the podcast link there. Look for the red starburst. You can put your question in there and shoot that right to me. You know, incidentally, I mean, those come into the email, the same email, where if you send a letter to askdan at 48days.com, it comes into that. Now, I, I get a lot of mail. You know, I get someone I had lunch today and he asked, you know, if I how many, if I have people that screen my email, yes, I do. I mean, we've got multiple email addresses, but the ask Dan is for my questions. It's interesting in all the different things that, that come in there as people trying to get a unique, you know, contact with me, I guess. Um, also, I, there are people who uh, put a note in there on a Thursday morning and say, Hey Dan, I'm going to be in Nashville, you know, on Friday, can we get together for coffee? Well, unfortunately, I only open that email box once a week. 
And so there's an accumulation there. So if it's very time sensitive, that's not the best way to do it. But just shoot me your question at askdan48days.com. If you go to that podcast link on our site, there's also, you'll see the microphone there. So like Merle, you can just start talking. Leave me a question there. If it's real short and succinct and relative to, relevant for a lot of people, I'll be happy to include that as well. Brian from Sand Springs, Oklahoma says, now, this is really cool. He says, I'm a senior in college seeking a bachelor's degree in finance. My passions are personal finance and investing. If I use the concepts in 48 days now, will I secure a job before graduation? Yes, you will. Because what I lay out in 48 days makes you a top candidate in any kind of environment, any kind of economy, any geographic place in the world, with any degree behind your name, that's less important. What you want to do is make yourself a person that people want on their team. Now, one of the things I've got in in the new version of 48 Days is back in, it was in the last presidential debate, There was a question from a young guy for both candidates. And this has, I won't go into any kind of political analysis here. It's far beyond me to do that. But the young candidate said, what can you say to reassure me, but more importantly, my parents, that I will be able to sufficiently support myself after I graduate. So he's asking essentially the same question you're asking, Brian, if you Use the principles in 48 days. Can you get a job even before you graduate? Sure you can. But now here were the answers that was given to this young guy in the political debate. Both of the candidates gave very political answers. One candidate promised he would continue the student loan policies and expand those. I mean, what a cool idea is that? I mean, that's led to insurmountable debt for graduates. I mean, I, the horror stories that I get are just beyond description. I have a young lady right now who absolutely detests medicine. She happens to have an MD behind her name. She has absolutely detests it. It's compromising her health. There's no way in the world she can survive in doing that. Unfortunately, she has this little detail nagging her in the amount of $280,000 in student loan debt, $280,000. People kept saying, Hey, don't worry about it. You're going to be a doc. You know, you'll knock that out. She is absolutely crippled. She has very few, uh, if we, that we can identify marketable skills that would have application beyond that. She hates what she's doing. And that is not a place to be anyway. Let me get off that horse. So that's one of one of the, what one of the political candidates promised that he would make student loans even easier to get. So he, he kind of diverted the question. It really didn't answer the young man's question. The other guy said that he was going to increase manufacturing and factory jobs. Now as a life coach, I don't encounter a whole lot of college graduates who identify working in a factory as their dream destination. But you know what I do see? I see people out here who are rocking and rolling, people who are knocking it out of the park. I mean, I described um, meeting John about 10 years ago who 
what at the time was a teller in a bank. And I, I ran into him on the street not that long ago. He asked if we could have lunch together. And I said, sure, let's have lunch together. Let's catch up. Nice young guy. I remembered him from when he was just, you know, a teller. Didn't know what had happened since then. Well, the day of the lunch, he pulls up in a brand new Infinity, steps out in a $1,000 suit, smiling at everybody as he walked up. Everybody that we, that was within eyesight of us was greeted with a cordial smile. Hi, how you doing? Thank you. It wasn't very difficult to realize why this guy's career has skyrocketed. Now, he's in an industry. He's in the banking industry still. He's in an industry where there have been massive layoffs, downsizing, restructuring, and all of that. And he gets constant offers for new positions. Now, it's interesting. Even as I speak right now, I have no idea what kind of a degree he has, if any. And I say that realistically. It's not required. But what has prompted him to have the kind of opportunities he has is the kind of person that he has become. You know, I often refer back to the old Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people. There's simple kind of principles in there. You remember them, you know, become genuinely interested in the other person. Smile. Remember that a person's name is to that person, the sweetest and most important son in any language. Be a good listener. Talk in terms of the other person's interest. Make the other person feel important. Do it sincerely. Byron, I'm telling you, if you do those things, yeah, you can get a job. You can get a job right now if you want to. You don't even have to wait till you graduate. If you're the kind of person that people want on their team, you will be assured of a job. And, and so I can tell you with all sincerity, yes, if you use the concepts in 48 days now, you can get a job before graduation. Absolutely. Guaranteed. <laughs> I'll, I'll back it up any way that you want to. Well, Stan says, Dan, I recently rededicated my life to music again after a brief, it sounds like a, a spiritual experience. He rededicated his life to music. All right. After a brief career as a graphic designer, I'm currently developing a band that will start performing later this year. However, I'm in a very unstable and unhealthy job right now, and I'm looking to start a business, start earning some side money now and support me in the future while the band is growing. I'm at a loss for business ideas. Do you have any suggestions that would be music related? I also have a background making children's books, which I also love, just not seeing any connections. Well, yeah, I mean, in what you're doing and when you are starting a band, you want to be free for golly, if they call from down the local taco joint and they want you to play tonight on Thursday night, you want to be able to go. If they want you on the weekend, yeah, you want to be able to go. So you don't, don't want a job, a traditional job that's going to lock you in to 40 hours a week. That's going to be difficult to make work. What if your band hits it and you get an opportunity to play at a conference or play at a music fest down in Atlanta and you need to be there for three days? Well, employers don't take kindly to just you hitting the road when you get an opportunity like that. So you need something that doesn't lock you into particular time. Here are the kind of things that I did. I mean, I've done a ton of things when I've been back in college, university for graduate degrees and so on. Same thing. I didn't want anything that locked me into a particular time frame. I wanted things that when I had time available, I could do them and make money. So I painted houses, sold cars to individuals. I did a lot of that. Again, something that I know about and understand and enjoy doing, but I'd buy a car, clean it up, check it out, front it in our driveway, you know, and sell it to students. 
You know, I could make 4,000 bucks a month doing that. That was kind of my benchmark for bringing money in on the side just to make sure that our expenses were covered. Uh, you could do vending machines where you aren't locked into particular hours to go check on them. You do that. You could take photos of houses for realtors. Um, you could, boy, I've got, you know, when, when you say things that are music related, you could be a, a piano tuner. You know, there's still a real demand for that. It doesn't require a whole lot to get going. If you know music, it'd probably come to you easily. And golly, those guys get like 70 bucks a whack to tune a piano. Um, in 48 days to the work or 48 days, it's not 48 days. It's 48 low or no cost business ideas. I go through a whole bunch of ideas in there. I'll send you a copy of that. I'll get that put together and send that out to you, Stan. Um, it's got it in there like uh, doing kettle corn, uh, being a window washer, doing home inspections, um, house painting. I already mentioned that. Plant rental. And there's an idea that I really like where you, you put plants in businesses and then you take care of them. But really the, the financial model is you ought to get your total money back in the first 90 days. If you keep the things living and looking good from then on, it's nothing but pure cash flow. And it's a real business. But anyway, I'll send you a copy of our 48 days, 48 low or no cost business ideas to give you some things to stimulate your thinking. Here, let me only grab one more. Rick says, recently I stumbled across your podcast. Watch your book, 48 Days. I've been greatly encouraged. I'm a pastor. I battled a chronic disease for 10 years, and I'm now facing an uncertain future. I had been encouraged by others that I could write well and began to experiment with a blog for two years, and it's been very fruitful. I look forward to completing your book and following your suggested process of application. One of the things I appreciate about you is your humility in communicating and the sheer practicality of how to take the next step. May God pour his blessings on you as you help others to discover their dreams, even if it isn't a fresh stage of their life. Well, thanks, Rick, for that. And if you have an affinity for writing, you're already experimenting with that, I'm going to send you a copy of Write to the Bank. That's been a tool. I was on a conference call earlier today talking with a young lady who has had a lot of success with her brand new book. She had a, her, her book launch that night, she brought in $7,000, self-published it, but used the principles right out. She said that she used the principles right out of right to the bank to get her up and running for that. So I'll send you a copy of that. Maybe that'll encourage you and give you some ideas for what you can do as well. Happy to do that. Well, just remember and remember our quotation for today. I hope that we've uh, touched on some things that help you where you are. Quotation comes from Seth Godin. I had no choice actually means I had only one path that was easy in the moment. Make sure you acknowledge your choices. We're here at the beginning of a brand new year. What a great time to recognize the choices you have. You're going to choose what this year looks like for you. So make it a great one. Keep us posted on your pro on your progress. And just remember, well, if you're not involved in the 48 days.net community, jump over there can't imagine why you wouldn't be a lot of things happening there good things people sharing ideas and resources launching new businesses getting promotions doing the things writing books there's so many things that are happening there can't keep up with the success stories that are coming out of there hey thanks for being part of this community where we are in fact finding or creating work that is meaningful purposeful and profitable have a great week